This is Comic Picks by The Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, host Jason Glick. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, John. Yourself? I'm um, doing shitty. No, I'm doing fine. <laughs> so. Like, well, I'm glad you were able to retcon that in like the. Uh, no, I seconds, drove so. LA, I drove to and from LA today. I've been up since about three thirty, so I wanted to miss cool. the traffic. So yeah. Eh, anyway, no, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, and hey, we have had a special guest today. Hey, Myron, welcome back, man. Guess who? Hello. Thanks for having me back on, fellas. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah, it's always like, a pleasure to have you here, sir. I'm always yes. glad to be here talking talking nerd jive and about all the things we're passionate about. Absolutely. And all three of us, we've got a, like one thing in common. It's like, I mean, like, yeah, we're getting to this maybe late to the party, but hey, we've all seen Infinity War. And, you know, what did we think? I saw it three times. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I loved it too. John? I've seen it once and, uh, and, I, and I liked it. Um, uh, I like there are things I liked and things I didn't like, but yeah, it's like I mean, it's like I if I'm gonna get the things I I didn't like about it, I mean, like there were parts of it that felt like you know, like there are parts of the plot that felt like preordained. You know, it's like like the event, it's like you know how how the how like you know the Avengers had to lose to Thanos at certain points, and it's like and all, as well as the the ending the ending as well. But you know, it's like I think. What, what I really enjoyed more than anything else about the movie, what what really like let me enjoy it more, like like aside from all these like, these predictable preordained parts of it, was just just solely seeing all these characters bounce off each other, like seeing Thor like um like uh, like interact with the Guardians of the Galaxy, um hi, like watching Doctor Sh- um Iron Man like um match with the doc- with Doctor Strange, it's like. It's like, and yep. you know, like, you know, I, I like that part where the Hulk is running into battle with them. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, that didn't happen. Nope. So, that was only in the trailer. <laughs> he, he, we, 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 we got a cop out on that and had the Hulkbuster, and uh, you know, as much as I, as much as I loved that suit, I wanted to see Hulk smash, and it really disappointed me. Where you know, all we saw was in the beginning of the movie, and that trailer lied to me. So yes. you know, I, I, I have to, and this is uh, when I said some of the things I didn't like. I was like, oh, I thought we were gonna, not you know, and and don't get me wrong, I, I like Hulkbuster, you know, armor, but I really wanted to see the Yeah, Hulk. when when Tony Stark is in it, but, you know, my perception of why Banner and Hulk were having, you know, difficulties meshing was, I think Hulk kind of got bitched by Thanos and maybe had, like, a little bit of fear in why he didn't want to come out and get involved, because every time, like, Bruce would try to conjure him up, he would say, no, no. So I kind of wish that, you know they dealt with that in this movie so so they yeah, kind of they kind of gave him they kind of gave him the silver surfer role if i'm not basic, mistaken basically yes you're totally well, correct talk about that you know like that the hulk's um like role in like the, like this in these movies like from thor ragnarok to infinity war to the next Avengers movie is going to be a three movie arc right so i get mm-hmm. so yeah i get what you're saying right there but you know it's like i think it's all what we see with the hulk here is kind of like you know set up for the ne- for the next movie, I think like yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the Hulk was kind of like put out by the fact that Thanos handed him his ass right there. Mm-hmm. I have think to. Was, I, I oh. think it was necessary for like you know like them to like say hey you know Thanos can clean the Hulk's clock. It's like this is a guy we can take we should we should take seriously right there. Right. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. It, it, he was, 
Go on ahead, man. Go right on ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. My bad. I, I, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. No, no, I was no, just no. touching on what you guys were saying about the uh, like how they handled the team-ups. And from someone who loves uh, you know, Avengers cartoons, if you guys ever seen um, Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which was the last bomb Avengers cartoon. Uh, cartoon series that they released you know it's it's it was really awesome to see how well they kind of split up the heroes into teams um how spider-man meshed with dr strange how thor meshed with guardians of the galaxy i love how they didn't kind of oversaturate all the actors into one screen into one huge battle that might be something we might get a treat for you know in the second movie but the way they broke it up and handling these different situations that were going on across the universe, across the galaxy, really did show and speak how dire this situation was, that it was going to affect the entire reality of our universe. So by having them spread out on Titan, having them spread out, you know, at, 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 at um, you know, on Earth, and, you know, Thor and Rocket and Groot having to go to the Forge to get a new hammer, like, having these heroes disperse across the universe to... Um, you know, fight this situation, like really uh, displayed the vastness of, you know, Thanos's might, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, and it's like one, and one thing I liked about, you know, with the, uh, the, the Spider-Man Doctor Strange was like, Hey, you know, it's like we saw in the previews, like, Hey, Oh, we're using our made up names. Oh, I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was like, yeah, bits like that are kind of what I live for. I mean, like, I mean, even though it's like, you know, this is like, this is kind of like a very, uh, yeah, they've got a uh, plot, an over an uber plot they need to serve. It's like they still find the time for um for jokes right here. I mean, yeah, it's like I mean, even like I said, the the plotting of the series may seem very mechanical. Like the writers and the directors understand the need. Like, hey, you, we gotta laugh at like through, through all this, and that's what that's absolutely one thing that I love love with this. Another thing that I love with this, I Thanos. I mean, it's like yeah, like more than um. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, the fact that we got a great uh, Marvel movie villain this year in Killmonger with Black Panther, I mean, that was great. I mm-hmm. mean, but that, to get another one with Thanos, I mean, with, um, I loved how they handled Thanos in, in this film. I mean, like, yes, no, he's not um, in love with death, as we'll get to later on when we talk about the comics, but you know, I loved how they, they recombobulated his um, motivation as just you know, being someone who views the universe as being too overpopulated and he wants to murder just half of it just for simple sustainability. But more than that, it's like, you know, it's like they, they, pro- they framed his journey as a struggle. I mean, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, sure, he had like all these like, agents and the Black Order, but you know, like, he actually had to work in order to achieve his goal right here. I mean, that's something that if anyone's been reading my, the blog for like, um, long enough, it's like, you know, like I love villains who struggle. Thanos in this film is a villain who struggles. And especially when he's confronted with the fact that, you know, Hey, I'm going to have to give up. like the one thing I love Gamora in order to get what I want. <laughs> that, that was beautiful. I, that, I'm yes. going to just slightly disagree with you on that. I think he. I think he's. I think he's a good villain. I think they've done him well. I just the altruistic kind of slant on it just seems a little off to me. So I, I'm not really in love with that. You Alt- know, altruistic. It's like in- I've come up with all of the solutions, and I, I just got to murder half the people in the universe. Well, in order to solve the overpopulation problem, it sounds like his motivation is like, 
I don't like overpopulation. Well, you know, not only that, like he, okay, really? <laughs> he, he 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 faced that in Titan, his home planet, and I think by seeing it firsthand, we didn't get to see it as the viewer, but he explained like, yeah, I've I've, I've seen this issue before on my own planet, and I felt and I suggested this to the council, but they thought me a madman, and he let and it's almost as if he let it happen and saw the consequences, so it almost felt like, well, it I have to take up the mantle to do what's right and he felt blinded by his goal and ambition to where like i uh, you know i i see what you're saying john like he felt like oh i gotta take up the mantle to bring balance to the universe you know uh, under my you know under my uh, supervision and how i think it should be but you know touching on D jason you know this is leading into a little bit of shit talking about dc you know this is how you do a villain and yes. there are times when i saw when I was watching the movie, I saw um, Josh Brolin's face in Thanos, and it was very well animated, and the effects were great. And then you go back and look at Steppenwolf, and it's like, eh. But um, they did a really good it's, job. It's like you're mocking mentally challenged. And here. I do yeah. like. Yeah. And don't let me go back to what I was. I just want to mention this. It's just like it just seems yeah. off to me, and uh, and and I think he's a really good villain. But mm -hmm. I, uh, you know. Probably, probably better than Steppenwolf and in lots of ways. They probably gave him a, a much better backstory, uh, at least the explanation of it. It just seems like, okay, there was no other solutions? Yeah, I've gone through everything. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's, like like, that, it's, it's just kind of, a, it's just kind of a, a hole, and I'm just like, okay, all right, go on ahead. I, I will give it to you, Thanos, but I don't believe yeah. you. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'd rather you be a roving, uh, you know, a, 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 a raving maniac, and uh, and you know, uh, that has a little bit more anger. And I would say that uh, you know, um, and I hate doing this, but it's uh, you know, the whole you know scene, uh, you know, where they get the soul stone just seems a little bit too convenient. I was yeah. like, okay. that's okay. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, like when I talk about that, when you say like, there are some parts of the film that felt like, you know, preordained or predictable, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, Oh, this, this is what's going to happen. Right. right. It's, it's like, well, I mean, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, there, there are certain things that where, you know, if, if you have any background in understanding, you know, plot lines and stories that have come in the comics before, um, you, you understand, I mean, maybe even some of the audience who have only been plugged into the MCU understand, like, oh, well, okay, so some of this death isn't going to be permanent, right? Yeah, it's so, like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's one of my biggest issues with the film, is that, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I honestly kind of wish that, you know, I was younger and more naive mm -hmm. towards these things, like, mm -hmm. that I could, look, I could look at the end of Infinity War and actually take it at face value but right. i look at this i look at the i look at this end and i think well just about all this is going to be like fixed by the end of the end of the next movie so right like, i may not only, i mean like not only have i have, am i familiar with like you know how genre conventions work but have i read the comics as well in fact you know it's like uh we're i think we're pretty certain in saying that you know the only people who really died in this film are um tom hiddleston as loki and Idris Elba as Heimdall. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and also if we're if we're a betting man, we're saying that you know, like um, Bartani Jr. as Iron Man, he's going to get a really goddamn heroic death in the next in the next film. I I think we're safe in saying that, right? Yep. I can I can predict like 
like the original Avenger squad, you know, is off the table at you know at some point. Like definitely Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man will die a heroic death. I can foresee even you know Captain America dying off a heroic death as well to you know save humanity. And moving on to Phase Four, we could see you know these uh, heroes recast as you know their you know other other incarnations like maybe Riri Williams as Ironheart or even you know Bucky Williams as Captain America. I mean the possibilities are you oh, know it's Bucky and, Barnes. Or what did I say? You said Bucky Williams. My bad. Bucky Barnes. I I mixed up Riri and Bucky's name, but yeah, Bucky Barnes. Like I could see him or even Sam Wilson. You know, going as you know the next Captain America. I mean, they can go in many different directions. Yeah, they do either of them really. But I thought I read that you know Stan Sebastian, who plays Bucky. You know, signed on for a few more movies, so that's more the logical step I see them taking. As you know, him as Cap and um, you know Sam still playing. You know, the Falcon. Like yeah, know. they've got they get, they get, they got like lots of options as to who can play Cap next. As far as who's going to play Iron Man, like I said, it could be it could be Riri Williams, or they could um, bring in um, if they want, or they, they could also do they could also like um, retcon things a bit and also bring in. Um, it's like um, Pepper Potts, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow as um, it's like as the next Iron Man as well. I mean, that's, that's not that's not kind of how things played out in the comics, but you know, that's certainly an option as well because Paltrow certainly has the chops and the star power to pull it off. That's true, but I think she's going to die as well. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, nah, I think if, I think <laughs> I think they got to make the, if they're going to kill um, like Robert Downey Jr. As, as Tony Stark, like she's got to be around to absorb the uh, the pain of the passing. So, yeah. I mean, remember, remember, she showed up in the in the first part of the movie, like talking about how they're gonna have, like t- talking with them about it, like kids and all. So like, the that's dream, yeah. that's that's kind of a uh, that's kind of a big sign right there, and like that also feeds into like yo, hey, it's like that's you know like predictable for like um like like stuff like mechanical about the plot. But mm-hmm. overall, like I did enjoy the movie. Like it was, it, like I said, it was thoroughly fun. Just to see the characters interacting with each other, yeah. Like, like you know, the, the cast has been like thoroughly whittled down for mm-hmm. uh, Avengers Four. I think that's only going to work in its favor as we see the characters, uh, like you know, just like um, like buckle down and like do what needs to be done in order to beat Thanos, and also you know work with um Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, I'll yeah. throw I'll throw it in. Yeah, uh, thanks to our nice little end credit scene, right? So. Um, um, but yeah, uh, I'll throw in that. I'll say I, di- I really enjoyed the film. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't get up once, so, <laughs> um, you know, um, and I thought, I thought the pacing was, was fairly well and that they did balance out the stories pretty well between the characters, which is something yeah. I believe that, uh, you know, what, what mentioned I, off the top. One thing I wanted to add about the film is that, you know, from a certain point of view, it really is a complete story. Mm-hmm. A, no, it may not be the point of view that you want to embrace, but you know, from a certain point of view, it is a complete story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and and I'm going to interject that you know, I I love the film. Like, I mean, I saw it three times for crying out loud, and you know, like. I I I enjoy what the MCU has given us thus far. Like I feel that there's weaker films in the roster than others, but one of the most impressive characters of Infinity War to me was Doctor Strange, and I have never been a Doctor Strange fan. I've never read Doctor Strange books. I think my only knowledge of Doctor Strange has been through through Spider-Man team-ups, but I really loved his involvement in this movie and the showing 
of his power and capability. Like one of my favorite scenes was when he sat using the time gem and seeing what 14 million something possibilities on the outcome of their battle with Thanos and Tony Stark is how many do we win? And he solemnly says one. And there, there's a reason he gave Thanos the time gem. Exactly. And I think that one, that one in a 14 million possibility is why he gave Thanos the time gem, why he uh, saved Tony Stark's life, even though he did say, like, I will not hesitate to sacrifice you or the boy if I have to save the time gem, uh, something to that effect. But, yeah. you know, I really loved his involvement and seeing more of his capability and his power to the effect of, like, you know what, I'm ready to see a Doctor Strange 2, like, ASAP. I want to know oh, more about yeah. this character, and I want to see more involvement in the different w- realms that we've seen in, you know, the first Doctor Strange movie and even in this movie. I loved Doctor Strange, the, you know, uh, when, it yeah, came I out, loved- when it came out. Like, like what, the hell is, what the hell is your problem, Myron? The first, the first time <laughs> I saw that, the, the Doctor Strange movie, I watched that thing like five times. It was just like, I was like, I can't, like, to me, it was like a new Iron Man. And quite ironically, he is a very much, a same, uh, same, uh, what do you call it, like, personality type. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of like, you know, and and I loved it when they met on the they're, they're uh, on the ship. Air Bros. Best thing yep. ever. Like to see, you know, here's Tony Stark and Doctor Strange and you know, Spider Man in the background. But I mean, like, you know, <laughs> I was just like, I'm going like, yes, I wanted to see this. This is like, <laughs> to me, it was like one of the better scenes of the film, right? See, see, <laughs> my, my 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 problem with Doctor Strange at that time, Jason, when I was a younger kid, you know, I just saw him as like a magic man, like it's Magnum PI with a cape, and I was like, eh, kind of boring. <laughs> I want to see mutants. I want to see superpowered heroes. You, you just want to jump into the action. But going to what John said, you know, his his background and his story like really compelled me how he was a hot shot surgeon and he gets into a car accident that cripples his hands. And when you think about that, you know, a surgeon's hands are their bread and butter. And he was desperate to, you know, cling on to the lifestyle and, and the job that he knew that he was willing to venture to a foreign country to learn the mystic, you know, mystic arts to be able to heal his hands. So, like, I think there's times in the movie where you actually see his hands and see the scars across his fingers. And I just think that was as an adult uh, getting uh rekindled with some of these characters and getting behind their story like i have a different perspective on a lot of these characters because even growing up i never really cared for cap i've never really cared for thor you know like a lot of these movies open the doorway to stories that i've neglected based off of you know bias opinions of what i grew up with like if it wasn't a saturday morning cartoon because we've had fantastic ones like fox's x-men and spider-man i never had any type of tie to it per se and so when it comes to comic books you know comic books are like four bucks a pop now and i still i'm old school i still like to buy individual issues i usually kind of pick and choose what books that i get and it typically is spider-man and x-men but now i've i've incorporated um the new avengers uh fresh um initiative that came out with a couple like a couple weeks ago the new avengers number one and um of course vader but these movies are not only making a fan of me or making me a fan of some of these characters I neglected, they're making fans of people who never read a comic book in their life. And now they're interested in learning these characters' backstories as well. 
Yeah. It's like, I get what you're saying. And also, I think that, you know, my, like, when your description of um, Dr. Strange's Magnum P.I. with a mustache, it's like, <laughs> shit, how did we not get a TV series like that in the 80s? You know, because well, that, that, like, that is like a uh, that is like a license to print money right there. Well, I shouldn't have said that because Magnum P.I. did already have a mustache. So that kind of negates my comment. But <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. He looks like Magnum, yeah. he looks like Magnum P.I. with a magic cape. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I guess like, uh, that's actually a good point to, like, to segue into, like I talked about, the actual comics that inspired the film itself. Because, you know, it's like the uh, Infinity War, it's like, yes, there is a comic called Infinity War. Mm-hmm. But if you want to, went to read that and expecting, hey, this is like how, how, the, how the actual movie played out, no, you're not going to get that, really. Nope. But, um, like, it's because it actually, um, like, um, draws a lot of its... the. The movie we know as Infinity War actually draws a lot of its inspiration from the um, like um, late um, late '80s series, The Infinity Gauntlet, written by Jim Starlin, illustrated by George Perez and Ron Lim. But it's also preceded by um, Thanos Quest, which is like the story of Thanos and how he got the uh, six Infinity Gems to uh, like to assemble the Infinity Gauntlet. So, um, Myron, it's like so. So I, I I told you to like um, check the series out before we um, recorded this, and so I wanted to, like so what did, so what did you think of it after having read it? I I freaking loved um, I freaking loved the Thanos quest. Um, touching back to what John said earlier about Thanos as a villain and his drive, like if you really read the if you read the comic books, Thanos is methodically psychotic in, in you know from my perception like his drive to impress and uh, impress and show the love to lady death um yeah you know, that's th- that's the main thing that we have to like differentiate between the comics and the film because like well thanos is like he's ruthless in the films about like you're just like like about against overpopulation in the comics he's all doing this to impress death herself exactly. because death Death is actually the one who who said that there's more life in the universe than there ever was, you know, than there ever has been death. And she's kind of like, you know, requesting or driving the balance. So she resurrects Thanos to, um, you know, proceed with this mission. And as Thanos is uh, delving and looking deep with the Infinity Pool, he learns the secrets of the the they weren't where they the soul gems they were called the soul gems and he convinces death to let him go out on this mission to find the gem saying hey you know it could take me you know millennium to you know bring balance to the universe but like to I murder guess, half the universe to murder half the universe i could speed these up if you let me go get these gems and she agrees to yet like i said he's methodical he always he's a schemer and and a deceiver he always has some type of backside scheme you know burning on the brewer so you know he ventures out to uh take take the first gem from the in-betweener who's imprisoned by lord chaos and master order and i just loved how gangster uh thanos was in approaching each of these elders and kind of like manipulating them to um almost manipulating them in the situation to give up the gem because he would come up and say hey you don't truly understand the power that you hold and is able to acquire the gems just because he has a better understanding of their purpose so he gets the first uh gem from the in-betweener and then he ends up fighting the champion for the power gem and i love how he kind of played the champion because he's all about brute strength and you know defeating his enemies and thanos basically like tricks him into blowing up 
the planet they're fighting on. And so that's how Thanos rolls. And that's how Thanos rolls. Like he's just sitting there, you know, not, not taking punches, but he's, he's fighting and calculating a plan while, you know, this, this fight is going on and eventually just tricks him into blowing up this planet. So he's floating in space saying, Hey, the, the planet that you, um, so wholeheartedly fought for, you know, is now destroyed. So what are you going to do? And he agrees to, you know, like, hey, transport you're just going to sit here that like you built the planet. It's like, now you're just going to sit here for a couple centuries unless you, uh, you know, okay, give me your, your power gem. Exactly. Yeah. And, and champion was like, Oh, I'll just sit here and wait. And he's like, yep. Enjoy the next, you know, millennium alone. So, you know, he get, that's how he acquires the pirate power gem. And at that point, in the story, like I remember, I thought I found this was so interesting how he basically came up with the term infinity gems because he understood the power. And I loved how they explain how the power gem kind of helps, like how the stones kind of work in unison and work with each other, and that the power gem actually powers up uh, the strength of the other gems. So I really love this story, and I'm glad that you suggested it to me because I actually got it that night when on uh, the Marvel comic app while it was still on sale. And, you know, he ended up going to the gardener next to get the time gem. And then he went to go uh, face the runner for the, um, what is the space gem? And then the grandmaster, you know, for the mind gem. He he traded the uh, runner to um, the collector for the reality gem. And then the, uh, like the grandmaster for, it's like, like for, like uh what was it the uh, the power gem or the, gra- the grandmaster was uh the the mind gem mind gem okay yeah and i think the the collector actually had the reality gem yeah yeah so i thought that was very devious like he told the collector like hey you know we have history and i think it would be very rude for me to kill you so i'm offering you this chance like give give up give me your stone I will trade you something even more valuable uh, for your gem. And what you just said, he ends up facing um, the runner and tricking him and by aging him using the time gem and taking his stone and then making him a baby to trade for, uh, you know, for the reality stone. So it really shows how clever and methodical and how vicious Thanos is as a Marvel universe villain. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like, that's me. I, like for something that was like written back in the back in the late eighties, it's like it's it's really impressive just how um like just how, how like um how well it focuses on like you know like Thanos's um creativity and deviousness. It's like in like getting in getting these gems. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like he he never really doesn't have to actually beat anyone up in order to get them. It's like he just has to find a way to outsmart them, and that. It's like, and that makes it, and that that's really, that's actually like really endears you to him, like, because uh, it's like, you know, it's he's not being handed infinite power on a platter. He has to work for it, and even when he achieves it, in order to like please Lady Death, you know, he finds out that he's overreached as well, and that leads us into the Infinity Gauntlet because now that Thanos has acquired all six gems, um, as part, like as part of to form the gauntlet. Now he's got infinite power and now he can just snap his fingers and half the universe goes, that goes away. Now, like as, and this is only the first issue of the infinity gauntlet. Uh-huh. And it, it's like, and it shows you that, like, Hey, you know, now once, once it's like, once the, uh, the remaining, <laughs> I said the remaining heroes on earth 
I find out that hey, someone has like that caused half of the universe, half of the universe to wink out of existence. We've got to do something about it. And um, in rolls Adam Warlock to um like to help to help lead the charge after he's um you know kind of does does best to cajole um Doctor Strange to like to his side. And um the infant and um and uh, and also just 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 you know to, to um like just bring all every big Marvel universe hero. It's like that, like in the uh, you know like late eighties, early nineties, like to like to aside in order to like find a way to get um like this this gauntlet from Thanos. Now, it's kind of funny because like you know the Infinity Gauntlet was a big like event series, six issues, mm-hmm. and really self-contained because you know it's like even if you didn't read the Thanos, the Thanos quest, which um I didn't before picking this up, all you know is that like Thanos has infinite power. And he's trying to please Lady Death, and he just does all this shit to um, like to help please her, and it doesn't work. But it does like you know piss everyone off from from everyone on Earth to all the cosmic entities as well, including. Oh man. Yeah, it's like, and it's, but it's also really, really interesting to see how um, its writer Jim Starlin, now Starlin is like you know, like one of the big cosmic writers of Marvel of Marvel. He's the guy who um. Who, who who created Thanos and Adam Warlock? It's like back like on um, back in the late seventies, and then brought them back for um for the Infinity Gauntlet as well. And he's also the guy who wrote Thanos Quest as well. That um, it's like that that the first half of the Infinity Gauntlet is just you know build up. I mean like mm-hmm. this is like a six issue miniseries, and the fighting doesn't even start until issue four with that classic um Thanos on the cover saying <laughs> "Come get me." It's like. And you've got um, like, like it's like it's like the first three issues are just the heroes, just um, like they getting getting their bearings, finding out like what what we what we're up against, and then you know, like um, like organizing themselves. The fighting doesn't even start until issue four, and then um, that's when that's when the like, you know they uh, fight like like all the heroes that we know, like you know they w- try to lay waste at Thanos. Who has limited his cosmic sensibilities to just the power? What? Yeah, just the power gem, in order to like stand a sporting chance against them, so that he will impress Lady Death. That's right, right? Yep, yep. And it and it's and it. I like how you, I like how you built that up because, you know, Lady Death is kind of the key to all this because, um, touching on what John said earlier about the film. You know, because they didn't have Lady Death, and I guess you can kind of see Gamora as that figure, so to speak, like the, you know, the target of his love and affection. Because we didn't have Lady Death, it kind of like, I don't want to say diminished like his drive for the film, but his drive in the book was like, it's all or nothing. Like, he he's, he's expressed many times, like, I have my goals and my dreams and nothing is going to stop me. I have an objective and it's not going to stop me. And once he obtained those infinity gems, like death, death knew that, you like know, he overshot, he overshot. You're not, you're not my equal. He got these gems to be like, I want to be your equal and sit on your side as your throne, as your consort, as your, your equal. And I remember at the end of Thanos quest, like there was a, she, you know, she resurrected, uh, another throne for him but he demanded like don't speak to me through your lackeys i want you to speak to me directly and one of his lackeys said um 
you know, well, you are now above Lady Death, and she and she's not worthy to talk to you. And the end of that issue, you know, Thanos just looks out into the galaxy and just you know reflects like you know after like blowing up like said to that that said Lackey. Yeah, after blowing up said Lackey, you know, he looks out in the galaxy and he was like, you know, he he had he had a tear coming down his cheek, just reflecting like, oh, you know, this was all for naught. But now he has the powers of all that is, all there was, and all that ever will be, and would continue in Infinity Gauntlet to just go to the extremes to impress Lady Death, you know, giving her, you know, her own, you know, palace, you know, destroying yeah. like. Destroying the Marvel struggle, heroes, you know, it's like that. Like trying to actually, like you know, hey, it's like you know, like I've achieved ultimate power, but it's not enough. It's like you know, I've got to find some other way to impress the woman I love. I mean, it's like and, that's that's kind of like the thing that I I like I liked I really liked about the series. You know, it's it, it's it shows Thanos like even though he's achieved ultimate power, he's still struggling as a villain. He's still like relatable, and so when you can, yep, you, you know, I mean, you can sympathize with two. A certain extent, it agreed. Because it's 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 the classic tale of a man trying to do what he loves for a woman, and in certain storylines, it's either it's either for the greater good or for the worst wor- like worst worst situation. And in Thanos's case, like he's willing to destroy all the universe just to appease her. Agreed. And it's like, and also the thing with the Infinity Gauntlet is that even though it sets up like kind of an impossible situation, like me you know, Thanos, like having achieved all the power, it's like how is are they are the good guys going to defeat him? But they 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 mean they do, of course. But I think the reason they're able to do this is kind of got a lot more esoteric and existential than we're used to seeing from your average Marvel crossover. I mean, I don't I don't want to give it away because it's actually kind of it's actually really interesting. And it's also kind of interesting how it shows that um, Adam Warlock, who um, shows up, who show, like who shows up at the beginning, like how he's playing, really playing the long game here. How he realizes mm-hmm. that it's not just enough to get Thanos to lose the Infinity Gauntlet, but they, it's also part that losing the Infinity Gauntlet is only part of the step in order to, in order to, um, you know, like um, win the day at the end. It's like it's like the uh, like the very end of the Infinity Gauntlet is. You know, it's like the end of Infinity War, really. Remember, it's like it's Thanos looking yeah. out at the at 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 the universe. It's like yeah, at peace with himself. Yep, sitting on like what seems to be a farm and his old costume set up as a scarecrow. So I kind of like that touch. What they did with the film, how they kind of added that in there to be a homage to the end of Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, um, it's like the, the film. The film did go. I mean, even if it wasn't a straight adaptation of the Infinity Gauntlet. It's still. Like uh, had a lot of the key moments from there. I mean, Thanos's big finger step moment, the uh, like the loss of like half the life of the universe, and that big moment at the end as well. Yeah, and 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 touching on that, not to not to spoil the Infinity Gauntlet comic for those who want to read it, but when you look at the film and you kind of see Thanos's character, I mean, you know, a lot of people have said. You know, after watching this movie, like Thanos is a relatable villain. You know, they really humanized him, and you could see that there is a tear within his soul. Like, despite the goals he had, like he did have a true, deep love uh, for Gamora, and you could tell, like he had a heart. When you read the comic books, like you know, he's coming at you like straight psychotic and all that kind of stuff. But even in the comic book, he is a torn individual as well, and that and that part of him is 
kind of how our heroes are able to succeed. And you have to kind of get like look at the look at the read the book and and you'll get get to see how like you know everything turns out. I don't want to like say how it happens, but it was very interesting on how things turned around in this story. Yeah, and so also if you read like I said the Infinity Gauntlet is kind of like the like the main inspiration for Infinity War. Just be advised that the Thor in Infinity Gauntlet is Eric Masterson. So he's not you know Donald Blake but so, that's so, a whole other can of worms. But there, so, but there, it's, it's it's like like late eighties, early nineties continuity. So, so so a quick footnote for me because like I said, I've never really been into Thor. I saw this. I saw this guy that you're speaking of. Like, who is he? Just quick synopsis. Who is he? And how did he become Thor? Uh, shit, man. It's like I don't know. It's like I, like I said, I. I never really started reading Thor on a regular basis until um, J. Michael Straczynski wrote it. Eh, and But I did pick up the omnibus um, for the Walt Simonson run because, you know, you got to read Walt Simonson Thor because he's like the definitive run and all. Okay. So, but, you know, everything that happened between that, it's like it's kind of a, yeah, that, that stuff happened, you know. But it's like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they – yeah, they figured, hey, you know, maybe we can like give someone else like the power of Thor and all. And like this guy will be – you know, it's like uh, like Thunderstrike or something. So yes. Yeah, so, so by reading that, I know we had this discussion the other day. Like, if they continue doing Thor movies, like it's not, it might not be. You know, it probably isn't going to be uh, Chris Hemsworth. How could they proceed doing Thor movies? And we they're they're going to they're going if if they were smart, they will um, pick up on whatever claws they've got for um, Natalie Portman and mm-hmm. have her be um, Thor as well. Because you know, it's like what. Even if she did lack chemistry with Chris Hemsworth, she's a formidable actress on her own terms. Right. And, like having her be, I, you know, Jane Foster as Thor. Um, I don't know. That, I, that'd be interesting, though, um, uh, to see. I, I mean, that, that I guess. Um, uh, no, can, no, it's like, I, I, want, I want to hear your thoughts on this, John. Oh, no. I, I mean, I, I think that she is, but, um, you know, how come... They, you know, he easily discarded of her, you know, with a, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, there was nothing, you know, that was over. You know, he just kind of oh, brushed right, it aside. They brushed it, it ca- aside in the script of Ragnarok. And I was just like, yeah, well, it's like, I mean, if, if Ragnarok shows anything, is that how you can, like, really easily, um, like, disperse with plot points from previous Thor movies. Yeah. And so next, it's like, uh, go, go, ahead, go on, John. No, 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 no. I was going to mention something else, but go on. I, I need you to finish your thought. <laughs> No, it's like I mean, just with um, with uh, rag with Ragnarok. I mean, like we we all loved it, but I mean, it's like it's like I said, it it's like it it its main strength was like was like playing like expected like um superhero comic beats for comedy. So so that's that's one thing I loved about it. Even though like some people might say like, oh well, it's like it's going for the joke when it should have gone for the drama. No, it's like it's it's expected dramatic beats were just so predictable and so expected that the fact that it did go for comedy. Um, was a strength in of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially how, uh, if we go back to the movie, that that movie, pretty much the end credit sequence is the beginning sequence, uh, or, you know, maybe just, a f- what, a few minutes, you know, maybe a few hours later, that's where they just pretty much pick right up from, you know? For, for, yes, you're absolutely right. That, mm-hmm. like, like that, that final, that uh, mid-credit sequence for Thor Ragnarok, 
like like five minutes later, like we get the opening scene for Infinity War. Basically. Everybody's dead. Uh, but I, yeah, which is like very interesting. Sad trombone. Itself. Um, you know, but uh, you know, I think we had mentioned this before. Um, there is, uh, and I and I and I think I read somewhere that Kevin Feige has plans for Beta Ray Bill to show up as an actual character. He doesn't want Ooh, to... Ooh, that would be he interesting. Said he, I think the quote was, he didn't want to squander the opportunity. Hmm. Uh, like, oh, because oh, yeah, because he was supposed to be in Ragnarok. Now, that's interesting because now you have Stormbreaker, which is basically his hammer. Yes. Right. So um, that that you know, we had his uh, image, which I don't know why I missed it in Ragnarok, and Myron pointed it out to me. I was like, oh yeah, it's just sitting right there. Um, you know, on the tower of what is it, the Tower of Heroes or whatever. His face is right there. But anyway, um, Kevin Feige uh, had a role for Beta Ray Bull in that film, but cut it out because it didn't do him justice. And he says, "I want to do him justice." I think that's the actual quote. And that's and that's a and that's a you know high possibility too, like continuing the, you know Thor movie line with with Beta Ray Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting if they did do that. But I mean, it's like the I think the thing with doing like a Thor film next fourth film is Beta Ray Bill. It's like Beta Bill. I mean, he's going to have to be a CG creation or someone who was heavily made up. It's like. Like in order to do the character justice, like Thanos, you know, just yeah, just despite <laughs> if he's despite if he's like a CG character or not, if he's completely CG, I know he's gonna look better than Stephen Wolf, so that's okay. Oh well, that that kind of goes without saying. You know, it's like big, <laughs> yes, big Stephen Wolf. That's like the adv- that's like an adv- advantage right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I guess we should probably like run through like the rest of the Infinity. Like um, Charlotte's Infinity Trilogy, because like after they did Infinity Gauntlet, like Charlotte, like then followed up with the you know, Adam Warlock and Infinity Watch, and then the Infinity War event. Which like Myron, so what what did you think of the uh, parts of Infinity War that you actually read? Okay, so if I could bring up a point for Infinity Gauntlet that will touch into Infinity War, I love Doctor Doom. In this, oh yeah, <laughs> in both of these storylines, because he is just so shady about like getting what he wants, and you know he's you know he's he's a human, so like you know he is smart enough to you know hang with the best of them. But leading into Infinity War, his team up with um, Kang the Conqueror was just hilarious to me because. They both came to this mutual agreement like, yeah, I both, you know, I sense this energy and Dr. Doom had information that Kang needed. Um, yeah, they decided like we, we, we can work together, man. They can work together, but in their minds, they're like, and then when the time comes, I'm going to kill you or doom you, <laughs> doom you fool. <laughs> like, 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 it's just, it's just like shady Hanna-Barbera Saturday morning cartoon, like villainry. And I, and I love oh. that part. I love that part. Mustache of twirling villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like, Mars- honestly, you absolutely nailed one of my favorite parts of of this whole event. That honestly, that was my favorite part of the Infinity War comic from what I read so far, because it all builds up to them, you know, being in Magus's, um, you know, stronghold. And I'll let you explain that a little bit more because you probably know it more deeply than I do. But you know what you said earlier about you know telling telling the viewers and the listeners not to start with Infinity War because 
like it the title doesn't match the movie it's a completely different story and we're dealing with these doppelgangers that you know for me growing up i've always known of doppelganger spider-man and i'm not sure if it's true or not but i feel like he might have originated from the storyline um and i i came into the mindset with the story like okay now we're gonna get you know some more details on the gauntlet and the gems and this could probably possibly lead to what could happen in avengers 4 but um yeah so far from what i've read like you know magus is like the the evil side of adam warlock and this guy is just probably even more methodical than Thanos was because he's setting up all these pieces and getting not only the Marvel heroes involved, but like the cosmic entities and everything set up so that he could reclaim the affinity gauntlet. And he actually tricked um, Galactus into going to talk to the living tribunal to reverse the decision of activating the infinity gems to be used in unison again. So I'm at that part of the storyline where, um, Magus has the Infinity Gauntlet, and the Living Tribunal has reactivated the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, it's like, I think it's kind of funny how like all these big major cosmic Marvel stories that the um, these big entities like the Living Tribunal and Eternity just start like, wind up being like huge dupes in order to allow the the uh, storyline to proceed. But it's like, but you know, as far as like Infinity Infinity War the comic goes i mean you're absolutely i mean like like i said the uh, the bits with um like with um dr doom and kang are great and hilarious like le- le- and legitimately entertaining and yeah it's like and there's also some fun bits with the the uh, characters like you know finding their, their the duplicates of themselves like with i loved like how uh, wolverine was able to um like show up to the big conference saying like, you know it's like hey i know what's going on it's like and you dr and you, uh, Reed Richards, like you're like you're a big fake right there because I can smell it on you. It's like the that, nose never lies. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that was pretty great. It's like and but I was like the thing is like with using the, I mean like using the Magus as the uh, villain because uh, he's the kind of villain that you know, requires like a big you know, uh, his own Wikipedia entry in order to like understand what his thing is. He's basically like Adam Warlock's future evil self but the thing is like warlock managed to destroy his future timeline and so he doesn't exist anymore but after the um events of the infinity gauntlet um War- warlock expunged his good and evil sides in order to be become a being of pure logic and his good side and well his evil side turned out to be the magus and his good side we'll get to in a minute and it's kind of like you know it's like magus is kind of like someone who's always annoys you because he requires like you've got to explain like his like uh, like he, like who he is and why he's like the bad guy in order to it's like in order to fully appreciate what he's like what he's doing here and that's that's not really like like the mark of a good villain right there now it is interesting though that you know like Thanos right here after being like you know the bad guy for the infinity infinity gauntlet it's now kind of like working with um, Adam Warlock and the members of his Infinity Watch to uh, it's like to like to save the universe from the machinations of the Magus, and um, unfortunately, like you know, like like the Magus is kind of like his machinations here aren't really as interesting as what happens to Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet because where Thanos was generally struggling, 
the Magus is kind of having everything handed to him, like up until the very end. When it, it seems too perfect. Yeah, up until the very end, when um, it's real that like Magus, that um, Warlock and Thanos um, had pulled pulled like a uh, switch on him, and the uh, I will say the final like um, in the final like um like uh, like treatment of the uh, of the Magus like is is pretty appropriate and I and I liked, but you know it's like the Infinity War. It's like yeah, it's not quite as good as Infin- Infinity Gauntlet. And I will, and also, if you do get the uh, collection, I do appreciate the fact that it includes the, the tie-in issues from Starlin's own um, Inf- Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch, which ex- expound on on certain storyline on certain story bits from the uh, for the miniseries itself. Like, if you want to know, you know, like how it's like like how Adam Warlock and his company went up on Monster Island with um, with the Mole Man, or how um, Thanos defeated his own. Um, like, um, like, like opposite number, then, um, that, then there you go. So that's, so like, that's, that's good and all, but, um, so I do want to, but I am going to like, I am going to have leave you behind for a bit, Myron, to talk about infinity crusade, mm-hmm. which is when, um, like, um, Adam Warlock has to come face to face with his, um, his good side, his female side. Interesting. Like yeah. So that's that's kind of the crux of um in of Infinity Crusade, and that Adam Warlock has to get in touch with his female side in order to defeat his good, like hit, like uh, his good side, which is basically basically trying to bring like peace to the universe. But you know, it's like this good female side of Adam Warlock. You know, it's like hey, it's like if you've read you know any comics for any extended amount of time, you'll know that hey, you know anyone peddling like peace and harmony throughout the universe is not to be trusted. Huh. And so when it's, re- when it's eventually revealed that, you know, like after, and not only is like Adam Warlock's good, good and female side, I'm um, trying like, uh, you know, like who's recruiting, like, like, um, like heavyweights for the Marvel universe, like, like spiritual um, heavyweights in the Marvel universe. They're like, she, it's like, she, like she's trying to do this, but, but at the same time, though, she is also um, like the reason she's doing this is to you know eventually destroy it because you know she's been repressed by Adam for uh, by Adam for so long that she basically reveals that basically believes that the best way to destroy evil in the universe is to destroy the universe, all life in the universe. So there you go. And also, there's this, there's also a bit in the Italian issues where it's revealed that you know it's like. In a in a moment that I probably would have seemed really revelatory back in the nineties when like you know Adam has to get in touch with his feminine side and um you know realize that the white the white knighting of like his um of the Magus is bad and and all it's like it's kinda like, oh, that's that's really like that's really interesting. But then it's like, you know, when you realize that hey that um like this, it's basically like a, a '90s version of being of mansplaining, and so it's like, it, I back in the day, it was probably really enlightening co- compared to how we are now. But these days, it's like, um, well, don't don't cite this as um, as an example to show how woke you are. That's that's all I can say, man. I mean, there are some good points in the series, like like seeing um, like seeing how. 
like seeing um Drax and Thor um beat the crap out of each other as the universe um ex- explodes before them. But it's like, I know, it's like, but there's a reason that you know it's like I don't think we're going to see like um like Avengers Four being somehow Infinity Crusade like like Infinity War it's like was a um good enough sequel um to Infinity Gauntlet I'd say you should go ahead and pick it up. But Infinity Crusade, both vo- both volumes, eh, you probably don't need to give it a shot. So, but um, briefly moving on to more modern stuff, um, after um, in the wake of um, Thanos' renewed popularity after his um, mid-credits appearance in in Avengers, it's like I do want to um, bring up bring up his appearance, his um, main role in the Infinity event um, from from a few years back. Back when um, Jonathan Hickman was writing Avengers, and yeah, it's like you could probably say that. Oh, hey, you know, we want to do um, Thanos as a main, it's like as a, as the villain of the main event. And oh, hey, his main his, Thanos's previous main events were titled Infinity. So hey, we're 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 going to title this this event Infinity. So there you go. Now, the thing about this series is that it is crucial to um, Hickman's overall run. Like in Avengers, so you absolutely need to buy this, which is because like, because even with this, with um, Hickman's, um, even with the, uh, like even with like the uh, like like the flaws of Hickman's runs, it's still a really great, entertaining run. Um, I will say that you know Infinity itself, you know, there are some like you know like like potholes and like so, like someone someone just doing the nature of it, but just. But the uh, the overall like um, scope of it, um, Hickman really lays out lays out really well. And but I will say that after having read and reread like um, all Thanos's um, Infinity events, um, his Hickman's take on Thanos in this um, event series isn't all that impressive because you know he's kind of like um, a glorified thug in the sense he's out to uh, take. To uh, destroy all of the, the children he sired over the years, including um, Thane on Earth, but you know, it's like it's played. But the way it plays out is like you know, hey, I'm just like, hey, I, like, I, 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 I can't believe like you know, someone like you like is alive, so I'm going to kill you. But you know, it's like it's, I was like, it's just it doesn't it doesn't have like the same poetry or meaning that um, that Starlin invested with um, Thanos with, so. Like I liked so re so really it's like rereading um like all this infinity stuff like I really gained appreciation for me as Thanos the schemer Thanos the poet Thanos the tortured soul so yeah I, I can understand like his you know like 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 why I'd take him to go for this take on him but at the same time it's not really as interesting as the versions of Thanos that we got in these like in this in these other other series as well so so there you go I mean. I think, like I said, Infinity, like the singular event, like I said, absolutely necessary and entertaining in itself. Maybe not, maybe a little bit disjointed when compared to previous Infinity events. But still, like I said, if you if you liked Infinity War, definitely pick up um, the Thanos Quest and Infinity Gun. Those those are still great reads, even like a couple decades removed from their from their original. And also featuring great art from the likes of Ron Lim and George Perez. So there you go. That I can agree with. Like as I'm going back and reading, you know, it's it's funny 
when you look at comic books from the era we grew up with, the 80s and 90s, like the artwork is, it seems simplistic compared to today's standards, but going back and reading this, I love the detailing perspective and designs of a lot of these characters that Ron Lim and George Perez have, have fleshed out, especially when it comes to the cosmic characters. Like I love the design, like the look of Galactus in these books and, and oh, and I, like right, Lim knocked it out of the park with Thanos Quest too. Oh yeah, and 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 I'm really I'm really glad that you suggested that book to me because I I really did enjoy seeing Thanos you know work and struggle to get these gems. It's not like he found them, you know. It's it, and not that I'm knocking the movie, but the way the gems were acquired through the movies, like he just punked them out of like you know. He punked. He punked it from Loki. You know, he True. basically what? like dropped Dr- Gamora to get it. Like I felt like, in like I felt that uh, Thanos quest. Like just seeing what he did to acquire these gems was very interesting and really delves into like what type of a person he really is. Like he was he was gangster. There's that's a, that's there. a real that's, what, that's, a, that's a real austere like observation there, um, uh, Myron, because. Uh, I happen to agree with you. Um, you know, in the movie, it just seemed like, wow, why didn't you do this earlier? <laughs> you could just beat yeah, the I shit mean, out of these guys and just grabbed all these gems. Why? Why'd you wait till now? Yeah, I mean, you know, as, <laughs> as I've, you, you've got, you've guys known me for a long time, and there's been a lot of times where, like, hey, Myron, what'd you think of that movie? And I've always been known, like, oh man, Myron likes everything, and it's true. Like, I have like a wide perspective on a lot of things, but I, I do understand with this film at the point, at this point, they couldn't really like delve too deep in that storyline because we never really got into the cosmic side of the Marvel universe until recently. You know, I think Guardians kind of. And maybe even I, maybe I would consider Thor because Thor, yeah. you know, is Asgardian. We never really got a huge well, Thor, segue. Ragnarok, Ragnarok's really. particularly, yeah, yeah, Rag- Ragnarok particularly. Like we haven't gotten that real segue into the cosmic part of the Marvel universe until recently with Doctor Strange, Thor, Ragnarok, um, even Ant Man to a degree with the microverse. Um, so to include like the drive Thanos had from the comic books, like it wouldn't have fit in like, Hey, where did like lady death come from all of a sudden? Or like, Oh, like who are these elders? Like we've never seen them before. So I get it. I mean, we've got a little teaser of Adam Warlock at the end of, uh, uh, guardians of the galaxy volume two. And to kind of segue him into this infinity war story, like with this movie or even the next one, I don't think it would make too much sense because we have no, ties or backgrounds to him yet so they are gonna you know i have a feeling they are gonna introduce him into the mcu sometime soon but we're not gonna it's gonna be guardians 3 yeah yeah and i feel feel it's gonna be guardians 3 again as we were talking about kevin feige there there there's certain things that they're holding back you know their chest because they know they're gonna have to in order to continue the the mcu um they're gonna have to uh, you know they'll, they'll they'll dangle a carrot basically and mm-hmm. say hey here i'll throw you a little bone guys here's this here's that you know um and then he'll flesh those concepts out later it just seems like it's a good plan and and i would have to say again you know thanos is a great villain in this in in the movie itself and you know too much expository might have you know too much exposition 
on the character might have just kind of ruined it a little bit, you know. I mean, you know, you have to think of the the audience and how you know and how they're reacting, you know. No, I think I think they did a great job yeah. in in simplifying Thanos's motives yeah. and making them more relatable. Because you know, it's like, yeah, they could have said he's in love with death, but I'm willing. But you know, it's like, you know, they they still got the whole. But you know, like, like his, like, you know, I'm going to kill half the universe. Like in order to deal with overpopulation, I mean, it's, I think that that speaks more to um, like a modern audience than his classical motives, yep. right? Yeah, and it's like it's like overall, it's like you know, it's like I like I said, I I thoroughly enjoyed the Infinity War, and like I said, if you want to like get more in, insight into the stories that inspired it, Thanos Quest and the Infinity Gauntlet are at the top of your list right there. But, you know, it's like, I will always, I will definitely recommend, like, hey, if you want to read, like, about Jonathan Hickman's Avengers, like, then, hey, yeah, definitely, definitely read that, and Infinity um, factors into that as well. So there you go. All right. And, um, hey, that seems like a wrap. Is there anything else you guys want to say? Myron? No, I can go on forever for, like, theories of what I think the next movie is going to be. You know, we'll take that offline, but I really enjoyed enjoyed this discussion tonight because like i said i thoroughly enjoyed the movie and the moment i watched it you know i was like i'm gonna read infinity gauntlet and then jason suggested um thanos quest you know the other day and oh my goodness like it really made me love and appreciate thanos more as a villain and um i think marvel versus capcom 2 was kind of like my first <laughs> in, my first introduction into thanos fandom that and marvel superheroes but i really did enjoy how uh josh brolin portrayed him and put him in a more realistic light i would have loved to have seen more of his character from the book fleshed out into uh the film but i do understand the fact that you know what you guys just said you have to build it more for a general audience and like i said before you know as an adult i kind of realized that we can't have our cake and eat it too like it's going to be the films are an, an adaptation and an interpretation and sometimes i do get critical where like oh you should have added this or oh it would have been perfect for this but you have to go into it with a fresh perspective from what you know and if you let go of your you know preconceived notions of what the story was about and how it should be, you can really enjoy it for what it, it gives us. Yeah. You know, the movie yeah. has to be accessible by not just comic book fans. And I think that exactly. they, does a, I think it does a good job of, of interpreting that story, as you've said. Yep. Yeah. But Robert Downey Jr. is totally going to die in the next movie. <laughs> I, 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 I wish that would not be so, but, you know, he's made enough money. Yeah. He, he his, his arc deserves a proper a proper end. Hey, you, yeah, know what I have to, you know what I have to say? I say, hey, we got Doctor Strange, so screw him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> his, awesome, his awesome facial hair bro is going to have to unpay the price. That's right. Hey, there, there, there can only be one in the Marvel Universe, and Tony Stark had his bro stash, you know, for the past 10 years. It's time for Strange's bro stash. That's right. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Laters. Good night, guys. Bye.